Welcome to the Founder Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Founder or how you can get involved, visit thefounderchurch.com. If we're becoming more like Jesus, if we're becoming forged on God, right, we should be less resentful, less likely to blame others for our problems. We'll be less harsh and, and less rude and less anxious and less likely to get our feelings hurt, right? all the time, right? We would love God more. We would love others more. We would serve more. We would be more hospitable, humble, and gracious. And we should be happy, right? When, when good things happen to others instead of being, being jealous, right? And this is just the short list, right? But that is the goal, becoming like Christ. Christ-likeness, being forged, forging our lifelong reliance on him. Now, I bet that most of us, when we hear all these things, right, we feel like we're far from that goal, all right? And that is the tension this morning. Now, you can see why it may seem like a better deal if you're just not a Christian, right? right? We signed up for something, but then we look at our habits, our behaviors, and our thought patterns, and compare them to the habits and the behaviors and the thought patterns of Jesus, and we know that we are very, very far away. So why not feel frustrated that we cannot change, right, and the guilt, right? So let, let's pause here, and let me take a step back, right? As Christians, as people forging our life on him, here's what we know. We should be dominating the life change industry. Right? We should be dominating. We should be owning the market on change, on positive change. And I've said this before. We should be all gold medalists in change and transforming and overcoming and stopping this behavior and starting new ones. Right? It is why so many of us stay quiet about our bad habits and behaviors because we don't want anyone to know that we're not living up to some perceived standard, right? We do not want anyone to know how much we still think about the, the bathroom scale or how much we still actually drink or how much debt that we're continuing to build, the, the websites that we search out, the thoughts that we have, right? We, we should be better than that, we think, right? We, we should be over this or over that issue, and, and we start to feel shame over the fact that we should be doing better. So not only are we frustrated, all right, but now we have a side of guilt and shame to go with it, right? So just being honest, right? If I was not a Christian and I looked around at a lot of, of Christian lives, I would think I would rather live with just being frustrated without the, the guilt and the shame of not living up to, to the standard of Jesus. But here's the thing. All right, listen, right? Christian or not, here's the reality. We all have issues in life that we need to change. <laughs> we just do. But how do we do it? How do we begin to shift and shed some of those ongoing habits and behaviors that we really do want to lay aside? Right? How does lasting life change happen? How does it happen? Right, how, how can this year of our life, this, this trip around the sun, be better than last year? Right? So 
So this is where we are in our, in our series, Note to Self, right? We've been talking the last few weeks about change and the notes that we need to, to leave ourselves as a reminder, right? We, we want to figure out how to make this year better than last year, but, but we've also said that we can struggle to do the things that are necessary to make those changes. And once again, what's cool is, is that God's Word gives us a clear insight into how real, lasting life change happens, how we succeed at this, how we can actually make these things possible, right? God's Word gives us the process which God longs to take us all through so that we can overcome the, the nagging thoughts, behaviors, and habits that we cannot seem to get rid of, right? The, the, this diet of frustration, guilt, and shame. Listen, when, when Jesus first showed up and began his public ministry, the very first thought, right? listen, this is so cool, the very first thought that he wanted to get across had to do with us discovering lasting change. It had to do with us figuring out how to make change possible. That's one of the benefits of forging our life on God. We have this formula, right? The very first message is in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. All right, I'm going to read it for you because it's only going to be one, one first part here. It says, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent. That's where I'm stopping, repent. Right? right? Now, that's an interesting word, right? You see it up there, repent, repent. Now, what do you think of when you hear that word, repent? All right, maybe a better question is, is what do you feel when you hear that word? Because when, when I hear that word, I immediately associate it with feelings of guilt and shame over certain behaviors that I need to change. Right, when I hear repent, I usually feel terrible and think I need to change the way that I behave. I, re I read the word repent, or I hear the word repent, and I think, stop it, right? I see a stop sign, or I see my mom yelling at me, right? Stop it, right? That's what I picture, right? That's what we think it means, but that is not what it means, right? And that is not how Jesus used it. Look, look, the word repent actually comes from the, the Greek word, and I know I'm not supposed to use Greek in sermons, but this is so important because we, we miss it up all the time. Right? It comes from the little Greek word meteano. Right? Almost sounds like meteo. Right? Right? Which does not mean to change the way you behave, right? but the word where we get the word repent from means to change the way you think. Right? Not behavior. Thought. Now that, that's interesting because Jesus came so that we could know who God is, right? So that we could have this, this everlasting relationship with God the Father, have eternal life. He came to redeem us and he came so that our, our lives could be better and fuller, right? More abundant, life to the full, our best life, right? He did not start, though, with changing our behavior. He, he started with addressing the way that our mind Right? Jesus did not show up as the behavior police telling us to, to put down whatever or throw away our mixtapes. That, that's not even a thing anymore. 
All right? All right? He, doesn't, he doesn't care about He cares a little bit about that. But he cares about it for the same reason we all do, right? All right? He knows our behavior has consequences to our lives, our health, and to our relationships. So get this, this though, right? right? He just knows our behavior really isn't the main issue. Our behavior is not the main issue. There's a deeper issue, and it is in our minds. It is in our thoughts. Jesus knew our lives would never change unless our thinking changes, right? Look, Jesus was more interested in our thoughts and our ability to think right, to think properly, than our actions and our ability to act right. right? He, he knew our, our behaviors are simply clues to what we really think and believe, right? Jesus knew that if we had right thinking, then we could have right behavior. Something has to happen in our minds before our behavior changes. Now, now we all know this, right? right? This is the modern-day version of, of what? Think before you act, right? Think before you act. How many times have your parents told you to do that, right? Think before you act. How many times have you told your kids to do that? Right? We think that's great advice, and Jesus said it first over 2,000 years ago. So this week's note to self is this. The way you think matters. Right? The, the way you think matters. So what do we do? Do we just have a, a new thought? Well, maybe. That's a, that's a part of it. But we also know that won't get us very far. Right? We've had the, the new thought before, haven't we? Right? This is who I want to be. This is what I want to do. This is the direction that I want to head. And then we find ourselves back in the same boat, the same place. Right? I, I kept thinking of this moment I had when I was in college. My, my coach came to me and said, Hey, Andrew, we're moving you from being a linebacker to a defensive tackle. It's a big change. I said, okay, why? He said, it's because you run too long in the same spot. <laughs> you run too long in the same spot. That was his way of saying I was slow. Right? I don't go anywhere. I'm not moving. I always end up back where I, I began. Right? There's no change. I don't go anywhere. Right? It's the same thing. It's the same concept. We say or want to do one thing. Right? We just have a new thought, but then we end up back in the same spot. Look at it like this. The Apostle Paul in Scripture wrote about the same idea in his letter to the Christians in the city of Rome. Right? He gives us a very clear, similar picture that Jesus does. But he specifically links our, our thinking with our habits and behaviors. And he starts out by saying all of this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So if you have your Bibles, this is where we're going to be today. Romans chapter 12. Verse 2, you can use the Bibles that are in the seats. You can grab them from the, the seats that are in front of you. They're easier to grab that way. We're going to be in Romans in the New Testament, chapter 2. If you, uh, you can take those Bibles with you if you want one or if you want to give it away or give to somebody. They are for you for that reason. You can also go to the Foundry Burke app, which you can find in your favorite app store, and download the Foundry Burke app. And uh, there's a Bible tab. Click that Bible tab in Romans chapter two or 12. Verse 2 is already pulled up. But the first part of this verse says this. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, 
but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. All right, keep your, keep your finger there. All right, get this. Right thinking equals a changed life. All right, that's, that's where we're at today, right? Right thinking equals a changed life. But here is the problem with this. Some of us think, all right, we just need to change our mind and we're done. Right? We just need to have a, that new thought like we were talking about, and then that's it, right? whether we, we follow through or not. But I've had plenty, plenty of new thoughts, and that just does not seem to work. So Paul continues there in the same verse, chapter 2, verse 2. The second part there says, Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect, right? right? Paul is both teaching us and reminding us how change works, right? how positive change works. It's not just right thinking that brings a changed life. It is, get this, right thinking over time that equals a changed life. It takes perseverance and thought to change patterns of behavior, right? Simply knowing the right thing is not enough, right? When we think change, when we hear repent, we desire an instant process, don't we? Right? We, we desire something that was just right now, instantaneous, right? We want to hear the truth. We want, to, we want to cram it in, and then we want to be on our merry way, ex- expecting it to have a lasting effect on our behavior. But it doesn't work that way, right? Real change is over a lifetime. Change is both instantaneous and a lifelong process, right? The, the overtime part, is key to changing a behavior, a habit, or a pattern of thought, right? The, the reason is, is that our minds are designed to work and to function off of patterns of behavior, right? In the center of our brain sits what scientists call the reward pathway, right? right? The, the central job of the reward pathway is to cause us to feel good when we engage in certain behaviors or thought patterns, right? When we, when we do that, special neurons in our brain, we know this, right, give us a, a sense of, of release, right? It, it releases a chemical called dopamine. And the release of dopamine it gives you a little jolt of pleasure, right? It's a, it's a little shot of, oh, that felt good, right? right? And the more this process is repeated, the stronger the pathway gets, and so our, our, our patterns of behavior and thoughts become something that is literally hardwired into our brains. Isn't that interesting? Right, Foundry, that, that is actually kind of crazy, right? This is why changing our mind is not just logical, it's physiological, right? And no wonder it's so hard to change. No wonder why it's so difficult. 
right? We, we have patterns of thought and behavior that are, are physically hardwired into our brain, right? And we find pleasure in that, right? And we may hate ourselves afterward, but it, but it makes us feel good in the moment. And guess what, right? Once, once those patterns are there, they do not ever go away. Right? The, the problem becomes our, our minds resisting the change that God is calling us to. We resist new patterns and thoughts because new patterns and thoughts are threats to the old ones, to the, to the, the pleasure center of our, of our brain. So when Jesus showed up, right, it is no wonder that he was, was talking about changing our minds first. Right? He knew how our minds worked. He was aware of the inner workings of our brains, right? The patterns that, that are going on in our minds. And he was the one who created them. And he knew that we were doomed to live in the same patterns over and over again. But we can learn to make new ones. And we can find the right thoughts and the right behaviors that bring us more pleasure and joy than the old ones. So the obvious question now is how? Right, how? How is this all possible? Right, what do we do with all of this? Well, first, very practically, you have to know the why behind your thoughts or behaviors. Right, why am I angry? Right, why am I always worried? Why am I depressed? Why am I I stingy. Why am I cranky? What is actually driving me? Right? What are my desires? What am I telling myself that I must have? Right? What or who am I actually trusting, forging my life on? And why can I not stop this or stop that? Or why do I keep doing this? Or why do I keep doing that? Right? We gotta we gotta figure those out. And then the second thing is is we have to do whatever it is to change. Right? It's, you, you need to know what God says about it. You have to research, right? The Bible has so much to say about anxiety, fear, and addiction, and selfishness, and, and almost anything else that you would want to change. And if you do not know what, what God says about what you're, you're wanting to change, you just Google it, right? That's the, the world we live in. I'm kind of serious, right? You research. You, you, you dig in, right? And remember, what you read is both something to know and it's something to learn over time. It's a process. Change does not happen overnight. It takes time and intention and dedication and work to put truth and, and new thoughts into your mind to begin to find joy and pleasure in the things of God and who He is. Over time, you must starve the old pathways so the new ones become stronger and stronger. Right? You have to start somewhere. Right? So do the research. And it won't be perfect at first. Sometimes we'll mess up. That's a part of the process. And we may get frustrated, and that's okay. This is just a part of it. But over time, that's what's so encouraging. Paul says, over time, the new ways of thinking will become new patterns, which will become new ways of acting, of living life to the full. 
right? Living our, our best life, that life that is forged on God. So look at this question as, as Caleb and, and Christina come back up. Start thinking about this. What pattern are you stuck in? Right, ask yourself that question today. What pattern am I stuck in that I need to get out of? Right, and think about that. Really think about that. And then find out what God's word says about it and begin to put it into your mind every day. Right, write it down. Memorize it. What God says about it. Spend time with it. Right, gnaw on it. Think about it. One of the best ways is to talk about it with someone else. Right, that's one of our, our parts of our strategy here at the Foundry. Right? So take some time to step up to the table and talk about it with a brother or sister in Christ. Right? Don't ever be alone with your struggles. Do not let shame or guilt keep you away from taking the step that God is asking you to take. As we, as we worship, as we continue to proclaim who God is in our lives, think about this. What pattern am I stuck in? And what is God saying about it and how I can defeat it over time? Thanks for listening to the Foundry Church Podcast. We'd love to stay in touch. Visit us online at thefoundrychurch.com or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at thefoundryburk.